millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Court Today replay on C103. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 2103 103. And Peter. Gardening on C103 with Bandon Co-op Garden Centres in Bandon, Kinsale and Enniskeen. For top quality plants, advice and value, think Bandon Co-op Garden Centres. C103. And uh, Peter Dowdell, the Irish gardener, uh, joining us on the programme. Uh, good afternoon to you, Peter. Good afternoon, Trish. How are you? I'm very well. And John Paul was watching you on the TV yesterday talking about the gorgeous autumn colours. And it's thanks to our wet summer. Well, it's, it's partly thanks to our wet summer. It was, the, 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 I suppose, one, one of the things that he was asking about was the, is climate change affecting us and, and will climate change affect us? And, of course, the answer to that is yes, it will. Climate change is going to affect everything. Um, and what happens when we get which we didn't get this year, but we did last year, when we get a very long, hot, extended dry season, trees lose their, their moisture. Trees lose moisture through their leaves uh, via transpiration. So what they do when they're under stress from, from uh, an extended drought, they just drop their leaves immediately. It's like a safety mechanism. So you'd have noticed a lot of trees around the country last year in hedgerows all over the country. Uh, trees that hadn't gone through their autumn leaf drop at all they were just bare. They looked nearly like they were dead. They're not dead. They've come back. But it's the trees working, as I say, that a safety mechanism. They just drop their leaves so that they don't reduce or they don't lose water through transpiration uh, to the same extent. Uh, and of course, when that happens, the tree will survive, provided it doesn't go on for years. Mm. But the, the tree will survive. But you, you miss all the fantastic colour that we're getting to enjoy this year because we didn't get a drought. Yeah, it's, it, it is particularly, the colours are particularly magnificent this year, everywhere you go. Stunning, they're yeah, everywhere. They're yeah. really great. They're really okay. Straight into questions because there's a lot coming in. Uh, Barry says, "Hi, Peter. Can I give my roses any feed or nutrients over the wi- uh, over the winter? The reason I ask is they're newly planted roses. It, it would do no harm to use uh, use something like uh, farmyard manure or something like that because you don't really want to put on any any fertilizer as such. So give them a good mulch because you don't want to be feeding. You don't want to be promoting new growth as such during the winter." Um, you want to help them to get established because any new growth that they will produce during the winter or any plant produces uh, will be then very tender and very vulnerable to, to frost damage. So you don't want to encourage new growth, new leaf growth, but you do want to make sure that they establish well. So a mulch of farmyard manure, I'm a great believer in that around roses, but don't, when you're mulching, don't mulch up around the stem. 
you want to make sure the graft union, which is where the rootstock meets the, the cultivar, I don't want to get too technical on it, but you'll see it if you look for it, it's where the graft happened on the rows. You don't want to bury that. In fact, it's essential that you don't bury that. Um, so mulch around it, but just do leave an inch or two around the stem that you're not covering. Uh, and that's all I'd use. And I'd start feeding it then with the nature safe granule, but in the springtime, I'd leave it off to the springtime. That's probably the best feed to use coming into the, the growing season, the nature safe. Okay, Jane says, hi, uh, Patricia and Peter, question for you. I have a Cantoni Aster tree. It's supposed to grow to between seven and eight foot. It's a weeping one and the branches hang down. It seems to have stopped growing at about the six foot mark. So it isn't getting any taller, but the branches seem to be growing into the ground. How do I encourage it to go up and not down? It's six years old. It is a beautiful tree, but do I need to cut the branches up to encourage growth? Yeah, well, it's a good question, actually. And when I say it's a good one, it means it's a bit more difficult to answer. So, again, talking about grafting in, in relation to roses, these Cotoneasters are grafted as well. It's a mouthful of a name. They're a beautiful tree. It's Cotoneaster hybridus pendulus. But it's a, a really stunning tree, lovely evergreen tree. And talking about autumn colour, it's normally deciduous plants, obviously, that uh, colour up before they drop their leaves. But that, that Cotoneaster is one example of an evergreen tree, which also gives good autumn colour. And then, of course, you have the lovely berries on it during the winter, which the birds love, white flowers during spring and summer, which the bees love. So it's it's beautiful for the four seasons of the year, but it's also a good, very good tree to have from a biodiversity point of view. So it's a lovely tree to have. However, what happens is that the, the pendulous part of it is grafted onto the straight-stemmed Cotoneaster. And that's kind of where it's grafted kind of determines the height. Don't always go religiously, unfortunately, with the labels, because remember that whoever writes the labels, they're they're a digital marketing or digital printing company, probably in London or somewhere. Mm. Um, the, the labels can be very generic. So you'd always need to get advice from where you purchased it as to the overall height and spread. However, on saying that, you would expect it to get to about seven or eight feet. So at the moment, all the growth is going into these hanging pendulous branches, uh, which is go- going down to touch the ground. So yes, I would, long-winded answer, but yes, I would reduce the, the, the length of the stems that are growing downwards reduce them it's aesthetics really you can reduce them by as much as you want um, and possibly I don't know how old it is but possibly stake it and leave the stake get the stake firmly into the ground but have the stake protruding a bit higher than the existing tree so that you can kind of tie it for one of those stems to grow up a bit as opposed to down if, you, if, I can, if I'm explaining yeah no properly. you are you are um, so leave the stake a bit higher than the tree tie it to it to encourage a few branches to grow upwards and then naturally, once they have... Um, the others should follow. They, they, well, they will start weeping again, but once they've strengthened enough over two or three years, they'll stay up, if you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, it's just because it's still relatively young at six, six it, year old. Most right? likely it is, yeah. most likely it is, yeah. But I would say certainly prune the ones that are coming down a bit to thin it out and to put more growth into the, the top of the plant. Okay, how do you store geraniums for winter, asks Margaret? Well, bring them in anyway from, from outside. So bring, I'm, I'm chuckling to myself because mine are still outside. So it's a case of do as I say and not as I do. But if you have a glass house, it can be an un- it doesn't have to be heated, just an unheated glass house just to protect them from the frost. So a glass house or a polytunnel, uh, if they're in the ground, lift them and put them in the pot, into pots. If they're in pots, just move pot and all into, into the glass house and that should be protection enough for the winter. If you don't have a glass house, it can be a garden shed, but do make sure that it's not dark. So there needs to be a good bit of sunlight, natural light getting in there. Uh, watering isn't going to be 
essential or as essential over the winter as it is in the summer, but it is, will still be necessary. You'll still need to keep an eye on them once a week, maybe down to once a fortnight then in December and January. OK, Margaret also has what, it's a blue-flowered shrub, Cenotitis? Cenotitis? Yeah, Cenotis. Cenotis. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's gone very tall, needs to be cut back with a saw. Will it grow back because it's gone very woody and the flowers are only growing on the tips of the branches? Yes, and that happens. They're prone to getting leggy and woody like that if they're not maintained during the year and or during the years. And unfortunately, they don't respond well to a harsh pruning now. Uh, so, if you cut into the wood that doesn't have any green growth, that woody growth that she refers to, uh, I don't think it's going to regenerate. I'm afraid, Margaret. I, I think um, you're, you're, you've two choices. You either cut it back gradually, so in other words, cut it back ensuring that you're leaving some green behind, below the cuts. But by, but by the sound of it, that means you'll only be cutting it back by a few inches and you need to go much more. But if you cut it back, leave some greenery below the cuts, that will encourage it to green up lower down. So over a few years, you'll get there, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep doing it. Keep cutting, making sure you're leaving greenery below. Uh, and it will green up in time. If you do it now in just one dramatic go, it'll most likely die on you. So... If, you, if you're not willing to try to do it gradually over a few years, I'd say save yourself a job of work by pruning it and, and just whip it out and start again. Okay, and Deirdre wants to know, is it possible to get Lady Elsa May roses here in Ireland? It should be possible. Uh, wherever your local garden centre is, your nearest good garden centre, they should be able to order it in for you. Uh, like there's, there's a wealth of varieties and species available to all garden centres nowadays. Obviously they can't they can't stock every single, they can't, couldn't stock every single rose, let alone every single plant that's, uh, that's available to them. But I would imagine if you have a good garden centre nearby, if you ask them to source it for you, they should be able to. OK, and somebody has noticed fungi mushrooms on their lawn, never had them before. Is that just the wet weather? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be worried. Don't panic when you see fungi. A lot of people panic automatically when we see toadstools and mushrooms. But actually... They're, they're part of the rich tapestry. We need them. If we if we didn't have fungi in the soil, the trees wouldn't grow. Uh, we'd, we'd be kind of we'd be in a we'd be walking around a constant compost bin because none of the none of the organic matter or the leaves or anything that falls from from the tree and into the garden none of that would break down if it wasn't for the fungi. So uh, don't panic just because you're seeing it. It's, it's probably probably uh, and I'm going to qualify this by saying it's probably harmless and good for the garden, beneficial for the garden. However. Uh, it does depend on what which fungi it is. There are some nasty ones. Uh, so I would say take a photograph. If it looks just like a white field mushroom, leave well alone, it's fine. Uh, if it's kind of honey-coloured or orange in colour, uh, maybe take a few photographs, send it into the radio station, I'll have a look at it, or send it into myself on Facebook, the Irish Gardener, uh, and we'll try and identify it if it's one of the nasties. But hopefully it's not, and I say absolute chances are it's not. OK. All right, listen, have a lovely week. And you enjoy us. Thank and you. we'll uh, talk again uh, next week. And of course, we're heading into a bank holiday weekend, so enjoy that as well. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi. 
This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.